Hey there, I'm Varya and I'm a marketer. Hello, my name is Nuno. I'm a sales engineer or a developer. And in this show, I'm going to explain marketing to Nuno. Yeah, uh, I will be the dumb developer in this show uh, because I don't know anything about marketing and uh, Varya's going to explain me everything she does. And I'm sure he's going to ask me all the hard questions. I hope so. Let's get started, no? Let's get started. So today I thought that I would try to explain to you what exactly a marketer does every day. Yeah, I do work with marketing people day in, day out. I actually sell software to marketers. And it's always been a struggle to understand really what is their daily activities or what they do. So if you had to guess, what would you currently describe as a marketer's main task in life? That depends, isn't it? It depends on the, what kind of marketing they are doing. And that's actually one of the first things that I don't understand. Uh, what are all the types of marketing and how do they work together? That's a good question. But I think that there's actually a more basic place that we can start. So I did a lot of thinking about this. And I think that I've abstracted it to a higher level that describes what almost any marketer at their core is trying to achieve. So let's get started. For example, what are the goals of a marketeer? Yeah, so I think that there are two basic steps to a marketer's job, or there's two main things that they try to accomplish, okay? So the first, step of a marketer's job is to make people pay attention to the product that their company is selling. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but isn't that advertising uh, related as well? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. So, so as I was thinking about this, I came up with three main methods that marketers use to make people pay attention to the product that their company is selling. And the first way actually is advertising. And now when I say advertising, I mean literally anything that you pay to put in front of people. This is things that marketers have put money behind. This is, this is things that they pay for to put in front of your eyes. So this is really simply imagined as ads that you see popping up on Facebook or LinkedIn or Google. All of this falls to me under the bucket of advertising, and you literally just pay to put it there. Yeah, so you're talking about online stuff, right? There's also um, advertising in billboards and uh, outdoors. Is, is, is there a difference? Do you actually have to choose? Well, if we're talking about the general goals of a marketer and the goal being to make people pay attention and one of the ways to do that being advertising. To me, there's not any difference between the ads that you put on Google and the ads that you put on a billboard or in a magazine. Yes, there are different job functions that may separate out in different companies. So some companies might have people focused on traditional or print advertising. But most of the time these days, a marketer who's responsible for advertising will probably do all of it. And the reason is there really aren't that many industries anymore where people only do billboards. Almost everything is digital and offline or even only digital.
Yeah, I guess you. That's depending on the product you are selling. Probably that's a, a better way to advertise, isn't it? Well, advertising online is easier to measure because you literally have clicks going to the site that you can you can you can say, "Look, I've been successful." Um, but actually, we're going to talk a little bit more about how marketers measure success later on. Mm-hmm. So maybe I will move on to the second way that marketers make people pay attention. Okay. So the first way is advertising. This is anything that you pay for to put in front of people. And the second way that marketers make people pay attention to their product is what I call free stuff. This is things like content marketing. Do you know what content marketing is? No. Not at all. Okay. Let's start there. When I talk about content marketing, this is stuff that you make for free and hope that it's useful enough that it makes people pay attention or that it's controversial enough that that it makes people pay attention. So a good example of this is, is Elon Musk tweeting. Right? He gets on Twitter and he says stuff. It doesn't cost him any money to say that stuff and it makes everybody pay attention to Tesla. Now whether it's a good tactic I don't know, <laughs> but it is pretty effective. Yeah, it's very noisy, that's for sure. But uh, um, so content marketing, that, is it text specifics? Can be more than text, because I believe that content can have all kinds of forms, right? Yep, absolutely. So very traditionally, content marketing or this free stuff marketing has been done as blogging. Like any company that has gone online in the past 10 years has probably started with a blog. So that is, in fact, text. Because it's really easy to imagine, right? If you sell running shoes, you write blog posts about running better or running faster, and then people find it through Google. But, of course, content is evolving and marketing is evolving. And now I think that content marketing can also be videos. It can be podcasts like this one. It can be, like I was saying earlier, social posts. For instance, on Instagram, any brand that has really beautiful products can do really nice images that go on Instagram. And again, this is stuff, I call it free. Of course, it's not entirely free. You have to pay people to work in your company to make it. But you don't add any money on top of it to put it in front of people. You just put it out in the world. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? So does, does that mean that you have to has to be useful in some way to the audience or can just be really something to catch their attention. Exactly. So it's either stuff that is highly, highly useful and somewhat relevant to that product, like, for example, running better, or it can simply be controversial. It can be Elon Musk. It can be tearing down a concept or a competitor you know, there's lots of ways to make people pay attention online. And yeah, you're, you're right. It's either being useful or it's controversial. Hmm. Okay, that makes sense. So there are different types of marketeers, right? What, what kind of marketeer does these things or is it all done by the same person? I think any marketer that you talk to in your job will understand the, this basic landscape because any marketer's job touches this in some way or another. They're all trying to, as a marketing department, mm-hmm. do one of these three things. So let me get to the third thing. Okay. So the third way, so we've talked about advertising, which is you, you, you pay money to put content in front of people or free stuff. You make content and hope that people find it. The third way is physically putting your brand or product in the same space 
as the people that you want to, to pay attention to it. So what I mean by that is basically events. So if you think of any time you go to a festival and or a party and you see like the Smirnoff logo everywhere and they're they're putting their logo on the ticket that you use to enter the party and then the cups that you use to carry the drinks around, that is just straight up Smirnoff sponsoring the event. Yeah, I've seen that a lot of times. Yeah, it's kind of a subliminal message or something like that. Yeah, kind of. Like you're trying to attach your brand to this cool event where people are. So it's it's not necessarily subliminal. It's more like adjacent. Like you kind of hook yourself into something that people already like mm -hmm. and hope yeah. that it makes them associate you with, with, with that fun thing. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Especially in music festivals, usually there's always some drinks, some brand uh, branding related to drinks that are really sponsoring strong. In the, uh, these days, for example, TikTok is sponsoring the Euro 2000. Oh, the Euro Cup. Yeah, the Euro Cup. So they, they've been uh, trying to, to get into this kind of marketing. It's, it's quite unique, actually, that because Facebook never been there or any other social network. TikTok is one of the first ones. And they're putting their logo on the on the events? Yes, they are putting their logo. That's weird. I wonder how what kind of uh, content marketing they're doing around this as well. Yeah, no, the, the, from what I saw in the news, they're trying to, to unglue, to kind of get out of the the digital world and get into the physical world. And, uh, and, and they chose the rock up for it. Hmm. That's interesting. I wonder how effective that is. I mean, what are they going to do in the physical world? Well, I think that's probably a nice um, case study for after the, the, the cup. Yeah, we'll have to research it. Okay, what have we covered so far? We've basically covered what to me is the first half of any marketing department's job, which is to make people pay attention. The three ways that we've talked about are advertising, free stuff, and events. Yes, that all, all makes sense. I'm still waiting for uh, uh, starting relating this to my uh, daily job. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just keep going. <laughs> okay, well, maybe we can revisit that at the end. So basically, like I said, a marketer's job has two steps. And the first step is doing stuff to make people pay attention. But at a certain point, they have to know if what they're doing is working. And so that brings me to the second half, which is Marketers have to make people show interest in buying the product that they're selling. The way that, that marketers get people to show interest is they have to get them to take an action. Usually in my world and in probably in most brands' world these days, since everything has gone digital since COVID, the best way to find out if somebody is interested in your product is to make them take an action on your digital property. And by that, I mean website, app, email marketing, what other digital no, properties? No, you're talking my language. <laughs> Keep going. So I think that there are, there are two main ways that this can be broken down. The first way is taking a literal action. By that, I mean, imagine if you're selling shoes. If I'm on the shoe website and I add something to the cart, that's a clear interest sign that I'm interested in buying it. It's even better if I actually check out and pay, but even that fact of adding to cart is already a really good, solid indicator. 
the other way that this might happen is for a company with a more complex sale. So it's not like you show up to the site, you click buy and the end. This might be something like buying a house or it might be something like what we sell, which is software. It's usually bought by a business. So there's several people that need to go on the website and check things out and you don't just go and, and, and pay for it in the end. And the way that, that marketers make people show interest in that case is actually surprisingly simple. It's almost always making people leave their email address on the company's website or app. Basically, if somebody leaves their email address, that is a huge marketing success. Oh. What, what do you do with those email addresses? I guess it's probably these days it's becoming harder and harder to get people's email addresses <laughs> or, or that's not the case. It is harder in the way that people are more more concerned about giving their email address away to just anybody. But actually, the marketer's job hasn't changed because it's always been offer the customer something good enough that they're willing to trade for their email address. Mm -hmm. And that might be a contest or mm -hmm. it might be a really useful piece of free content. I always been asked by marketeers to implement something on the website or to create some kind of flow. So that's what they are trying to achieve. They are trying to, to provide an experience or to provide a service or something to get an email address in return. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So so to me, this, this idea of making people show interest, it basically, it does really start with leaving an email address. Almost always you want that. Even for companies that only sell shoes or makeup or whatever, they still want you to sign up for that newsletter because what that does is it hooks you in for the long term. Because if you just go on the website once and you add something to a cart, that's only one interest sign. Mm -hmm. But the second part of this is, is doing that over the long term and getting more and more and more of those indicators that people are interested in buying it. And that is done through standard hardcore analytics. And what I mean by that is once you've given somebody your email address, you end up in something called a nurture. Those are the emails that they send you every week that are like, hey, we've got this new blog post on our site, check it out. Or, hey, have you seen our new collection? What I mean by the analytics is on the back end, that system that's sending those emails is collecting every time you open that email, every time you click on a link, every time you go to the website and you click something on the site. That just adds on to your little score of yeah. you're more interested in buying it. Uh, so you are, you are building a persona, so you're building a, a preference and all the affinity uh, that that person is uh, showing to specific topics because, I mean, I can imagine I don't click every mail I get from the same brand, but sometimes I do click one or another just to check what's in there. And of course, that's direct. Yeah, that's what they today. Everything ends in the data lakes or customer data platforms, things like that. That's because that's why it's so popular, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You don't need to kind of process that it's like it's really a lot of data it's it has to be a way to to understand it as well yeah but the funny thing is and i could be wrong about this but my suspicion is from talking to a lot of different brands just over my general lifetime of working in marketing and data data-driven marketing mm -hmm. <laughs> the dirty little secret is that most brands have very limited capability to actually process that data. Mm -hmm. And they do it in a really basic way. Like most of them probably don't know what kinds of topics you're clicking on. They just know that you're clicking. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I do talk to, to those kind of uh, customers. 
uh, all the time. And, and that's why the, this, uh, this market is actually, uh, it's so hot these days to be able to, to activate that data. Uh, something that was not done until like five years ago when the CDP is starting to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting. So I was just wondering, can that data be actually activated uh, after a few years of collection or does it have kind of a, an expiration date? <laughs> That's another great question that I think most brands probably don't want you to know the answer to, <laughs> which is that, yes, there are expiration dates on data and it, the length of time that we the brands are allowed to store data, I'm pretty sure is different per country and in the U.S. even per state. But that actually depends on having one person in that company who gives a crap. <laughs> and probably the big companies like Nike and and. Philips and, you know, whatever big brands, they probably do have somebody in legal or data safety whose job it is to be like, okay, it's been six months or it's been 12 months. Let's, let's delete all the, all the data of the people who have not engaged with us in that time. Mm-hmm. But I bet you that like the smaller brands who are not as advanced digitally or just don't have as much of a legal eye on them probably are keeping that email information and that all those numbers around for a really long time. Yeah, yeah, I have no doubt as well that a lot of companies do that. That's for sure. But I was actually thinking um, on the uh, on the preferences and what that, that data represents as well. So the, the persona that you build in a specific point in time about someone Mm-hmm. might not be really a good image in two years time of that person because mm-hmm. he changed preferences, he moved places, uh, relocated somewhere else. So that kind of, because as you were saying, companies have been collecting data for a long time and have not been acting on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point they will buy a system that can finally make sense of all that data. but. How far back they, can they go? Because probably a lot of things are not interesting anymore. That's a, in some ways, that's a, a regulatory question that I can't really answer. But on the other hand, I do think that when when you buy a platform that, like a CDP, that makes sense of all your data, like you're saying, and activates it, usually that comes with a support person or team. and. From what I've seen, having worked at Relay42, which was a, a, a CDP that really works on big data, I think that they come in and they tell you, like, let's let's decide together. Like, what is a relevant length of time? Because exactly, people change. And then in some ways, people don't change. Like, for mm-hmm. instance, if somebody engaged with you 10 years ago and you're a bank and it's a, a woman who was 20 at the time living in Spain, like okay, the woman is 30 now, but she's still a woman probably, and she's still maybe living in Spain. You know, So there's some some things that are relatively permanent, that their birth date doesn't change. You know, some kinds of data you can keep, you can rely on more yeah. than interest data. But again, the funny thing is, and maybe this is, this is <laughs> the weird thing I'm learning in this episode, is that marketers really still work on fairly primitive principles like really all we want to do is make people go oh that's an interesting product let me click to find out more information and leave my email and beyond that it's 
is really not that complex in mm -hmm. most companies. Okay. So, so what kind of tools do you also use for that? I'm not sure if that would be a, a topic for now. No, I think we just want to find out what is a marketer's goal. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah? Okay. So are you ready to put it in your own words? <laughs> hmm. I can probably give it a go. So a marketer really focusing on getting people's attention uh, to the product they want to sell. Uh, and they use several means to do that. They create advertisement. They create what you call free stuff, wasn't it? Which is pretty much content, all kinds of content that can be disruptive or can be useful. And then you, there was an interesting topic, which is placing someone and a brand together by the means of logos, by the means of really overloading, visual overloading probably sometimes as well. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get to the, to, the, to the... So the second half was once people have noticed the brand, we have to make them take an action that tells us as marketers... Exactly that they are interested. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that was having a way to, to measure the effectiveness and to, to know the customers better. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and the main, what was the main goal that people have when you land on their website? Drop the email. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, uh, I know a little bit more, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I think I have to... Research for next time. What was it that I said no to? The different the different tools and platforms and technologies that we use? Yeah. I would be very much interested in what you have in mind for the next episode because this is not over, isn't it? <laughs> no, that's the idea that uh, we still have more things to talk about. So one of the things that you asked that I pushed off was what kind of different marketers are there? And yes, exactly. Okay. I mean, I mean, I was asking that just to really understand uh, what are their struggles, uh, mm -hmm. because I think I, I, I do talk to all kinds of marketers. So, what are the main kinds? I know I always heard about the digital marketer, marketeer, or a merchandiser, content creator. I believe that's one, and uh, that's probably much more. But uh, I hope you can tell me. Okay. Well, I will. Uh, I'll look into it. <laughs> and stay tuned for more. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Nina. <laughs>